You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you. Uh, just before I kick off, just a bit more family news. I want to announce uh, an engagement in the church. Can we guess? Ben and Holly. Would you like to stand? Not, can I just tell you guys, this isn't a great start. Uh, we might need to work on that on the pre-marriage course. Uh, but we love you both. We're absolutely thrilled. And uh, we thank God for you. And uh, yeah, church, let's pray for them. And um, in fact, let's do that now. Father, thank you so much for Ben and Holly, the journey uh, thus far. And uh, we pray that the next uh, chapter will be one of real blessing. Uh, a real peace, a real sense of joy and excitement, and Lord, that you would be bringing about your purposes in their life. Lord, thank you for individually what they bring. Lord, we know as they come together, it will multiply, and that your kingdom will go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Bless you. Well, um, this morning's a bit different. Next week, we're launching a new summer series uh, in the book of Proverbs, which we're really excited about. But today's a bit of a family business. Um, so I'll be obviously uh, looking at a bit of scripture, but essentially it's a bit of communication from uh, myself about some changes that we want to make in the church, particularly uh, regarding uh, home groups. Um, there's a few other bits of communication I want to share with you, but um, mainly about home groups. And some of you I know will have um, been communicated with through your current small groups, but there are many people in our church who aren't part of uh, these uh, said groups. And so we'd love for you to come on the journey. But also, I, I think over-communication is, is helpful. Uh, change for some people is brilliant. Uh, someone like me, I, I change things every single day. That's just the way I'm wired. But for, I know for many, uh, change can be uh, difficult. And so we want to over-communicate. We want everybody to come on the journey with us. And so um, this was an opportunity for, for me just to share my heart, really, with you. And I, I also to share a bit prophetically about what I sense the Lord is saying to us as a church uh, in this season. So uh, I want to set up this and frame our thinking by looking at a passage in 2 Kings 4. So if you could just open your Bibles, and again, we have our Bibles at the back if you'd like to grab one. Uh, the, the scripture will also come up on the screen. I'm just going to read verse uh, 1 to 7, 2 Kings 4. It says, It's the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all. She said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all of the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. 
When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Here's the headline of the story. The moment the jars, the containers were full, the oil stopped flowing. The moment the jars were completely full, the oil stopped flowing. I'd just like to, for you to quickly nip over to Matthew 28, very famous few verses. Matthew 28. We're going to link these two things together. Verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The most important thing in the story isn't, of course, the jar. It isn't the container. It isn't the thing that holds the oil. The most important thing is the oil. And I want to suggest to you that uh, the oil, the thing which is of most importance, is the mission of God for our lives. And that is rooted in, as we see, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. The most important thing isn't the structure. The most important thing is the mission. And this is the core mission of the church. This is the core mission of our lives. This is our purpose. This is the reason we exist. The command of Jesus given in Matthew 28 is the ultimate antidote to a purposeless existence. It's our Lord Jesus' command that under his authority we're to go and make disciples in the Holy Spirit's power to mark it by baptism, which is the commencement of your discipleship journey. It is saying publicly, I am all in, I'm sold out, I'm following this Jesus, I will obey whatever he says. Teaching them to become like Jesus and to multiply. Everything in our lives should lead us to this, this great commission for our lives. This is what the risen Lord Jesus wanted to say to the church, but when our jars, when our containers, when our structures, and that goes for our lives personally, but also for the church. When those things are limiting the mission, we need to adjust the structure. And we do that so that the oil can continue to flow. We want the oil of God's mission his kingdom mission in the earth through the local church to constantly be flowing and not be thwarted, not run out based on the structure, on the programs, on the container. At the moment, our home groups uh, have taken us thus far, but is limiting in terms of our discipleship, in terms of mission, and also multiplication. 
And I've been conscious for some time, uh, especially um, navigating COVID and considering really what a post-pandemic church looks like in our era, especially regarding such things as discipleship and mission. And I felt for some time is that we need to adjust and change and develop the structure and the container in order for the oil of God's mission to flow. We had a really uh, confirmatory and poignant and timely prophetic word given by another church leader in the city. And I just want to read this out to you because I think this, this puts language to what I'm trying to say just from another angle. And it, the timing of it was just amazing. Um, and it says this, I saw a plant that had been planted in a pot, but over time as it grew, it had become pot-bound, that its roots had grown so much as to fill the pot and become knotted and restricted. This limited any further growth. I saw God removing the tree, the plant from the pots that he might replant it. In order to stimulate new growth, there is a need to break apart the roots, to release them from being bound together. So when they are placed in the soil, they can grow. This can be quite a disruptive and seemingly damaging process, but it isn't. In order for growth to begin again, things do need to be pulled up and broken up a bit. Once the tree was replanted, it then began to grow quickly and to produce fruit. So I think that as you come to God seeking growth, he will require you to submit to a process of change that will feel like it is disrupting some of the things that felt like they were fundamentals and roots. But God is only causing such discomfort in order to break you out of the limitations you have experienced or put on yourselves. And that if you allow him to work, you will soon find new room to grow and far greater fruitfulness. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And I think it should comfort us for those of us who struggle with navigating change in this season. Pete Gregg said this a few weeks ago. I love this. The wind blows, and it was the same week of when we got this prophetic word. The wind blows wherever it pleases, confirmed Jesus. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. A mark of those born of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is spontaneity, the wildness of wind. In the light of such biblical depictions of the Spirit-filled life, it's disappointing, it's a bit of a rebuke here, to say the least, that we as Christians tend to be so tediously unimaginative, so predictable and stubbornly resistant to change. All too often our default position is one of suspicion towards the disruption of new ideas, unfamiliar language, or any kind of edgy artistic expression. Where we must ask are those in our day born of the Spirit who will rise up on eagle's wings, blowing wherever he pleases, going wherever he carries them, showing the world a wilder, more wonderful way to be fully alive. And where are the communities willing to innovate, pioneering today as a prophetic minority with spectacular inefficiency for the sake of the world to come? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> the big picture is we want as many people in our city and beyond, in our region, to meet Jesus Christ, to discover home in God, to discover this family, and to help us and help each other to reach our city. 
In March, I talked about more specifically under that umbrella of being a home uh, in Hull is about stepping into a moment of multiplication. This is what we've been sensing and feeling for some time. This is really a response to a few things. One is, which is really good, particularly in uh, the, the, the season we've had with COVID, is that we are growing. We're growing numerically. We've never been a church size this size, so it's all new. It's not like you can get a textbook off the shelf and say, okay, what do we do now? So we need to be leaning in and asking the Lord, what, what do we do now to help the oil of mission to continue to flow? Uh, and we don't want to stun any growth. We don't want any structure or organization. And organization isn't the primary thing. Organization is is like the trellis to the vine. It is something that we allow uh, and permit in order for growth to come. And so the main thing isn't the method or the model or the structure. The main thing is the mission of Jesus. But when those things start to prohibit the mission of Jesus and its expanse, of which the Great Commission is all about, then we run into difficulty. So we want to have a growth mindset. And indeed, the vineyard movement as a whole, um, Joni and I um, and Josh uh, and there's another. That was my baby, George, sorry. We, <laughs> we, I knew there was another. We started off young, six months old, went to a vineyard conference. Uh, I can't remember, was it last week or week before? Uh, the Multiply, I've lost it. Multiply Summit, it's a Multiply Conference. And it's clear to see that we as a movement, as a family of churches, are stepping into this season of multiplication. This is what we're reaching for, is that uh, things begin to multiply in terms of groups, in terms of mission, in terms of church planting, multi-site, and all these different things. So we want to step into this with the movement with our family. And I also think that post-pandemic churches will look increasingly different. I think what COVID showed is that a lot of our growth church, uh, church growth ideas and ways of doing church and discipleship has failed. Has failed because when the, the, the wind blew of trial and testing, sadly a lot of followers of of Jesus and churches um, have been blown with that wind. And that's really sad, but we need to think about building uh, more authentic, simpler, reproducible methods of discipleship. So having said all this, let me dive in, set this up. Our home groups are currently, and we want to continue to be the core, the hub of our church Community. They're essentially one of the primary ways that we do pastoral care, looking after people, and discipleship in the life of the church. Uh, but we want to go into a bit of restructuring in order to facilitate what God is doing. And through this, we're hoping for a number of things. We're hoping for better discipleship. We're hoping for raising and releasing a multiplying number of leaders. We're looking for better pastoral care. And we're essentially, we're shooting for better, greater health, and therefore more growth. Um, we're of a church size now of maybe 400 people, and maybe this next season of restructuring will take us to that next stage. But we just want to be obedient to that next step. So, as of now, all our current 
home groups have done or will be closing down. And uh, there'll be a summer break and lots of different things we'll be doing as a church to, like we did with the Family Fun Day, to help foster community. But here's what will happen next. First of all, we're going to multiply the number of midweek home groups um, ready for a September relaunch. And this will mean more leaders that we've been training up and wanting to release because leadership development is absolutely um, of priority when it comes to having a growth mindset. So we want to release leaders, we want to multiply groups throughout the city. And the, sh- the biggest shift in all of this is that we're shifting um, to geographically influenced groups. Geographically influenced groups. So right now you may have a, a midweek group that you're part of and you meet for worship and Bible study and prayer and sometimes you do mission together and socials together. And you may find as you look around that living room is that people are from all different parts of the area. And some people even travel maybe half an hour to get to that particular home group. What we want to do is create groups which will be filled with people from the area and the neighborhood that you live in. We want to create rooms to be more missional, to be thinking about multiplication, but in your locality. And our ultimate goal, this is where we're going, is we we want to plant groups in every single postcode uh, in the area. And this really came home to me a few weeks ago, and I'm seeing it more and more as I meet people just on a Sunday. But I remember one Sunday as I was kind of just um, uh, talking to people about this, is that I met someone uh, on a Sunday from a couple from Brands Home, then I met some new people from Kingswood, then some new people from East Hull, some new people from Brough, and some new people from the Orchard Park area. And I'm like, I'd just love to be able to say to them, hey, you have a group or a bunch of groups meeting exactly where you are. And sometimes I find it difficult to kind of work out, okay, well, I know maybe a mile, two miles from you, there might be a a group, we have to figure it all out. But just this sense that we as a community can say to people, hey, we're just, we're down your street, or we're just, you know, a five-minute walk from your particular um, area. I met someone uh, on my sabbatical, and he was one that I met lots of people on my sabbatical, but this one particularly uh, grabbed a hold of me. It was a... It was a guy in uh, Lidl on Hessel Road, and um, he actually just started just confessing his sins to me in the middle of, I think it was aisle six or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm on sabbatical, can't quite do this right now. Um, and they said, you know, I'm, I'm desperate for some kind of group or gathering on Hessel Road. And when he said that, again, it was just like the Lord just joining up the dots, continuously speaking to me over a long period of time. And I'm like, yeah, that's, we'd love to do that. We'd absolutely love to do that, to have a presence in that area. So what we're doing now is the next step along from our ultimate goal, which is to fill our neighbours, to fill our streets, to fill um, Hull and beyond with lots of groups that are full of disciples who are on mission, extending God's kingdom. So the second thing is, is we want to take the church on a journey of discipleship because growth that's just, um, 
numerical and often wide can often be just an inch deep. And so what we want to do is invest in growth that is downwards, not just outwards. And that comes from discipleship. That comes from uh, people going on the journey, a lifetime journey of becoming like Christ and doing the things that he did and saying the things that he said. And, um, and so that's really, really important. And what I've noticed, and particularly because of COVID, is that there are some cracks in our discipleship. What does it mean to be a mature, spirit-filled, godly, Christ-like follower? That, that there's cracks in that. And so we want to really focus on growth that is downwards, not just outwards and reaching more people. And the issues that we're facing today in our world with just the increase of you know, changes is extraordinary. Um, is, there, is there are many areas which appear to be gray in the church, which more often not are not, they're very black and white in the Bible, but we need to help people in our culture to navigate the discipleship journey. And so in order to do that, we want to create rhythms and we want to create material that will help people um, model Christ-likeness in today's culture and, uh, and, and help to, people to get to grips, really, with the issues that we face today, which uh, are very, very fast-changing and will increase uh, also in the future. So I, I believe strongly, and this is having... Uh, for children, that families thrive on predictable patterns. You get any of our kids out of routine, it's a disaster. And so we want to have predictable patterns and rhythms in the life of the church that people can be caught up in, in terms of this uh, joint venture and mission of discipleship. And so we're going to be uh, going through some set material for two whole years uh, which is basically a curriculum for Christ-likeness. And this will be taking place in our home groups. And this is practices for the life of an apprentice of Jesus, for a disciple of Jesus, in areas such as um, the, the, the absolute inerrancy and the understanding of the truth of the Bible, in prayer, in fasting, in hospitality, and simplicity, and all these different things. So that's the second thing. The third thing is, um, <clears throat> to say is there's going to be a monthly rhythm to this. And so let me just give you the idea of what a month would look like uh, as you are in one of our home groups that are geographically placed. Um, first week is we eat together. Okay, so week one you would eat together. And this is the whole idea of home. This is the whole idea of hospitality, of gathering around food, gathering around the table, sharing communion with each other, praying for one another, getting the scriptures out, just meditating on a few verses or a chapter, and just sharing life together intimately. So eating together, table living is the first week. The second week is this discipleship experience, this curriculum for Christ-likeness. And this will be a video that you'll watch, and there'll be questions and there'll be answers and um, it will just be a fantastic evening as you grow in discipleship. The third uh, week will be uh, an evening to gather and to pray. We've been very, very um, just wanting to be on the front foot, as it were, about creating not a structure of prayer in our church, but a culture of prayer. 
And that's one of the reasons we set up the kind of the 24-7 prayer room was in order to facilitate that idea. And I just love how many people throughout the week are just popping in for, um, for an hour or a couple of hours just to pray. I think it's amazing. And so what I'd love to see is that these groups that are meeting in different geographical areas is that are meeting to pray, to pray for their area, to pray for one another, to pray for uh, the church and the city and the region and create a culture of prayer that is kind of in lots of groups all throughout the city. And so this will be a, a night of worship together, a night of prayer together, a night of ministry where we allow the Holy Spirit just time and space just to uh, meet with us and us with him and, uh, and to see the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit expressed in that context. And then finally, week four will be called gatherings. And the idea of these gatherings is that these are groups that meet in a particular area will all come together. So say you have an area where there's three or four or five home groups and they meet as home groups. Is it on the last week of the month or whenever it falls, is that those groups will come together jointly. And this will be a, a, a brilliant night um, where there'll be um, kind of the words spoken, there'll be prayer, um, they're praying for one another, there'll be worship, and also an opportunity to do things together in community and mission, uh, to launch alphas and various other things. So this is bigger than home groups, but it's smaller, a lot smaller than when we come together on our two Sunday services. And so these are groups that will meet in that geographical area and they'll come together for a night. And um, I, what I'm really excited about this is that I think it's a, an entry point to, to all things multi-site. We may find that there's a growing group, a growing presence in a locality in the area and there's something on it which we can maybe develop a multi-site, maybe even a, a separate congregation, maybe even a church plant. It's also a lot easier for integration. So as people we meet just in life as we do this thing called discipleship and we do the Great Commission or we meet people just, just to say, hey, why do you come along? We're meeting at this particular building, this particular church in that particular area where you live um, in a couple of weeks. Hey, why don't you come along and get to meet some of the community? So I just want to speak a little bit further for a moment on these gatherings and the power of geography. Possibly the biggest shift and change that we're making with this is the move to geographical groups. And um, the whole idea is this, yeah, we, we want to reach the city, we want to reach the region, of course we do. I was at this conference, say, a couple of weeks ago, and I was saying to them, oh, my, my dream, my heart is I want to see 100 church plants and multi-site expressions throughout Yorkshire. That's what's in my heart. But in order to do that, it's, it, things can't be centralized. We have to mobilize people to be scattered to where you live and to do life where you live. Um, Josh was creating some stats for, for me and he said there's 2,631 streets in Hull. So over two and a half thousand streets in Hull. And, and so this idea of moving from being just gathered, which is really, really important, but to also to be scattered to, yeah, we love the big stuff, but we want to celebrate 
and live this stuff out in the small, small groups and small ways in a decentralized pattern is that um, what, a, what a goal. Imagine if we could plant groups in all of these streets in Hull. I mean, you look at a lot of the uh, churches uh, around the world that are seeing incredible growth, particularly in Iran or in parts of China, is, is churches are underground meeting in small groups. And I think in a post-COVID church, we have an opportunity to really do something amazing like that. We're going from believing we should, as Christians, love our neighbors to actually loving our neighbors. So this is about getting outside of virtual reality, Great Commission Church and discipleship into absolute reality. Dan White Jr. said this, nothing has been quite so damaging to the spirit of the church than organizing it such a way that we can drive to its location, listen for about an hour, say hi to a few folks, and then leave. And so I think that's a really, and I've done talks on this during COVID, you can, uh, about do not give up the habit of uh, meeting together. The importance of church like this is something we will never, ever change. But um, I, I think if that's all it is to our discipleship experience as Christians, just coming here for an hour, doing what we do, then I think we're missing something. I think it needs to be a lot more. And as I said, that these groups will be meeting once a month in gatherings. And uh, gatherings are a monthly um, gatherings of home groups in a particular area in a strategic location for the purpose of community prayer, worship, and multiplication. So we're going to start by launching seven gatherings in seven locations, seven sites, once a month all across the city. And uh, this will be midweek. So instead of your normal home group night, you'll meet with other home groups in one of these locations. And these gatherings will be led by uh, leaders uh, and a team, and there'll be a collective of uh, at least two groups meeting together, plus friends, newcomers, and those that are invited. Where will these be, you're wondering? Okay, let's go for this. And can I ask for grace? Uh, when we look at these locations. Go to the next slide, please. Um, because geography doesn't seem to be our strongest suit as a staff team. So please don't send any emails. Okay, we're doing our best. <laughs> we spent more on this in the last week than anything else. <laughs> and, um, and the idea is, is uh, we've... Well, I'll come on to this, but um, there should be a, an after the map another slide. Is it, okay, is there another slide or is that it? What's the next slide? Oh yeah, there we go. Let's go through these. So um, I'm just going to go through these kind of areas. So Swanland, Brough, Ellerton, the Kays, Ferriby, and surrounding area. If we've missed your little village or town, I'm so sorry. The idea isn't to list every single street or area in the entirety of Hull and beyond, what we're trying to do is give you an idea of that's maybe where you live. And maybe you'd like to go to something in your area, okay? So that's the idea. The second area is Cottingham, Beverly, and the surrounding area. Uh, Willoughby, uh, Anlobby, Kirkella, Hessel, and the surrounding area. Uh, Central Hull, Church, 
Beverly Road and surrounding area, the avenues, Dukeries, Newland and the surrounding area, city centre, Victoria Dock, Hessel Road and the surrounding area, East Hall, East Hall Villages, Kingswood and the surrounding area. Okay, so um, is there any more slides? I've not, I should have looked at the slides. Ed's in there trying to work it out. It should, okay, just keep going till it's all up there. Let's, let's just go for it. Um, and so there's all these locations. Now, our, our, our goal, can I just say, this is like stage one of hopefully many stages in the process. So we're hoping that many, um, many sites, many locations, many gathering points will come. But what we're, what we're hoping that you will do is that you will sign up to join a group in your area. Okay, you'd sign up to join a group in your area and then know that you'll be meeting with other groups in your area uh, once a month at a gathering. Um, we also, alongside this, will be launching focused groups. Okay, and we're just launching at the moment, we're just going to give you a couple, but the, again, the hope is there'll be lots more of these. So, Involved in all of this is you may, for a season, want to go to a more focused group, which is a different type of group. And the two that, we're, that has a particular focus and lean is one's on emotional health. Uh, as we went through uh, the sermon series on emotions, uh, we talked about how there'll be some, some changes and some things we want to do to help other people. And so one of the things we want to do is put on this group uh, for those of you who maybe really have found this season very, very difficult, maybe struggling and want to become more emotionally healthy, is that you'll be able to, um, to go to a group like that. And the other one is a family group. And the idea of that is, is that that will be one where you can bring kids to. We've never had home groups where you can invite children to. It's always like get the babysitter or one parent stays at home. Uh, if you have kids, but this is an opportunity starting earlier around tea time for you to bring children to uh, a midweek group, which is really, really exciting. So are we on track? Are we all good? Is that clear? Okay, I'm going to tell you how to sign up in a minute, but before I do that, I just want to give you two other bits of communication. Um, the other bit of exciting news is that launching in September along with all of this, is we're going to be launching our first Sunday gathering that won't be happening at this building. And uh, once a month, we're going to start once a month, John and Sarah Old, who aren't here this morning, but uh, we'll introduce them and pray for them, uh, another point, um, that they will be leading with a team, uh, under Joni and I, um, a church gathering hosted in uh, Swanland. Okay, and this is an area that we felt like the Lord spoke to us um, before we uh, transitioned to take on the church. And so it's just been amazing to see God kind of, as, as the wind has been blowing, just was trying to connect the dots a little bit to what is happening out there. But the, the vision is to be a home for the West Hall villages, specifically Swanland, Brough, Ellerton, the Caves, Ferriby, Brantingham, Ellica, Ellerton, and the surrounding area. And um, we just can't wait to, to step into what God seems to be doing and will do up there. And so how this is going to look is that for the initial stages, and it's going to be organic and relational, and we're going to take our time with it, but it'll be meeting once a month for, for gatherings, uh, which are missional, which are to 
maybe throwing parties to uh, people who live in that area and um, uh, run alpha groups and various other things. We'll be doing some nights of worship uh, up there and we'll just kind of, we're just going to put our fishing rod out, so to speak, and see what happens, see what God does. And the idea with that as well is that we're hoping to replicate that. So this will be the first of what we're hoping will be many expressions of this idea of um, multi-gatherings, multi-sites uh, in, in the area and beyond. Um, I think it's really important that I say this, just in case you think it's something we in the vineyard ought to be saying, but I really want to say this so you hear it from me, is that we are deeply committed to this journey of reaching our entire city and area and multiplication, and therefore we are deeply committed to all things multiplication, uh, planting churches. This is a church that will plant churches. That we believe that is one of the main ways that we're able to fulfill the Great Commission is through uh, reaching people who don't know Jesus, making them disciples through planting churches, congregations, new groups, expressions of church uh, in different areas. And so um, we're really, really excited. And to help us with that, and I won't talk about this now because we haven't got enough time, is in September also launching uh, a leadership college uh, really to run alongside a curriculum for Christ-likeness through our groups. And the idea is, is to be training uh, the next uh, layer of leaders who will be uh, leading in the church, of course, but also leading in terms of church planting and uh, various other things. So where do we go from here? The practical detail. Firstly, most importantly, get yourself, your friends, people that you know, your family signed up to a new home group starting in September. Okay, that's the most important thing you could do. It is... We're notorious as signing up for things late. Can I just say that? It would be really, really helpful. Wouldn't it be amazing if we even went home this afternoon and everyone just did it? And like, yeah, I'm in. And, and then for we don't have to be worried about people after the staff have had some, um, some holiday in July and August and chasing people up, etc. It'd be really brilliant if we could just uh, sign up. And sign-ups are open now. So if you go to our website, okay, you'll see on our main page, and it's there because I looked this morning just in case. I went on the website and I said, I heard it's on the website somewhere. Someone told me. So there it is, and you just click there, sign up and find out more, and you're able to sign up to your area, and then you'll be placed in, in a home group. So that is on our website, www.hullvineyard.co.uk. And then because we're big on, and you can also um, sign up to the focused groups there, the family one or the emotional health one. And if you're big on technology, we have QR codes in the toilets. <laughs> and they're there as well because I, I, someone sent me a photo of it. And it's in a frame on the toilet cubicle. <laughs> I actually don't know who sent me that, but anyway. Um, that's a bit weird, isn't it? So... Yeah, you can just scan that and, uh, and you'll go straight to the page of where you can sign up. Um, so I want to encourage you, church, to step into this new uh, moment of multiplication. If you've never been to a home group before, sign up today. And if you're new to church, this is the perfect opportunity to, um, to get involved and to find 
home with us. If you've been in our church for 20 plus years, get signed up. This is a, a new season, a new day, and multiplication is on the horizon. Um, the final thing uh, before we pray is, this is some practical information, is, and I think it's in keeping with everything I've shared, is that as of now, because we have no evening services, is I've made the decision to um, close the bar which serves alcohol in the church. And the reason I've done that, um, and it's a decision I'm not taking lightly, it's actually taken me two years of just carrying in my heart and thinking about it, but I've really felt a nudge from the Lord to do that. I I, I get that it's, um, it's a nice thing to have. I want to say bar, I mean alcohol, not lattes, okay? In fact, this is an opportunity to extend our, our coffee. We have cold brews, cold brews and things like that. So it's exciting. Um, but what it came down to is a, a, a couple of things for me. I know it's, we're in a location, so some of the thinking is, you know, especially after a Sunday night service, it's, it's nice to gather, have a drink, bring your mates. And, and I, like, I like that idea. I think that's great. But um, I think there are bigger things at play. One is um, Paul addressing the church in Corinth talks about everything being permissible and everything is beneficial. And it also talks about, um, talks about the weaker brother, the weaker sister. And um, the reality is, is that people in the church, people in the city, and maybe if it's not us, maybe we know someone or someone in our family really struggles with addiction, uh, with alcohol particularly, but general addiction. And so we don't ever want to be a stumbling block for people to come to church or for people to partake of what we're doing based on the fact that on a Sunday night at you know, 7.30 after the service, you can have a beer. And what it's about for me is about us as a church breaking down barriers so that more people can meet Jesus. Okay? We also don't need to rely on relevant and cool methods of church in order to reach people for the gospel. What you need is Jesus. Okay? And just slap our hands on them and see what the Holy Spirit does. Okay? That's what I'm more interested in. Uh, this isn't a statement about uh, my view on alcohol. I, b- I, believe, I don't believe in abstinence. I believe in moderation. So drunkenness is not right at all for a Christian. But there's nothing wrong with having uh, a glass of wine or a beer or, in my case, half a shandy. Um, so that's, it's not a statement like that, okay? What it is saying is that we don't want to create any barriers that stop people coming to know Jesus through the expression of the local church. Uh, And so the idea is we want to lay down our preferences for the sake of others. Even what we prefer, we lay it down for the sake of reaching more people. And that's actually the goal. I want you to see that in the same heart and spirit of what we're saying in terms of all of these changes with home groups, is we're laying down actually some of our comfort zones and some of our preferences for the sake of inclusion of more people, the inclusion of more people in our area. And I think the final thing, which really was the, um, I suppose the last bit of confirmation, I was so moved hearing Yvonne and Claire talk a few weeks ago about the Flourish ministry. And I think, again, if we're really serious about reaching people, 
who struggle with addiction, who have had um, a whole life of abuse, the best way we can serve them and include them in our church family is not to put barriers up like serving alcohol, which I know for many will be a difficult thing and be a trigger for a lot of them in terms of their journey. So again, if we're going to move out of being a, yeah, we want to be a home for the city and yet don't put things in our structure and in our culture of a church, then we're just merely playing church and we don't want to do that. Are you all good with that? Thanks. Any, any email sent to Josh? He loves, he, he loves complaints, he really does. He's, he's like a spiritual gift. And it's just not mine. I, I just love encouragement and you're, you're amazing all the time. If only. Well, why do you stand? We've got a few minutes to pray. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.